Hello and welcome to night number five of 31 Nights of Frights, year four, the Stephen King of horror. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. Oh boy, uh, night number five. Uh, I don't know if we'll spend too much time on this one, but I wanted to include it because I do know that it has a little bit of a fan base and critical and audience reception have been a little bit kinder to it over the years. Even if the reception on this movie has softened a little bit throughout the years, it doesn't mean that it's exactly a ringing endorsement either. Starring Robert England and Ted Levine, this is the 1995 Toby Hooper directed The Mangler. So hey, does anybody remember that Stephen King story about the demon-possessed washing machine? What? You don't remember that one? Well, it was in the Night Shift book originally. Of course, Night Shift was a book that compiled a whole bunch of Stephen King's short stories. A lot of them went on to great success as far as notoriety, such as Children of the Corn. It also had the story of the Lawnmower Man, where it was not even close to what was presented in the movie. The story for Sometimes They Come Back, that was in Night Shift as well. But then we also get to The Mangler, which was included in that compilation of stories. If you're not familiar with the story, you may think that I was joking. It's not really a joke. This is a story about a demon-possessed industrial laundry machine. This is one of those old-school machines that would steam and fold the laundry that was being put into it, such as sheets and such. This factory is owned by Bill Gartley, who is played by Robert England, and there's a series of murders or accidents that happen where people are getting steam cleaned and folded in this washing machine. I know it sounds ridiculous, and if it sounds ridiculous, that's because it is. These series of accidents are being investigated by John Hunton, played by Ted Levine, who you may know from various things, such as Silence of the Lambs or the TV show Monk. I didn't say where Robert England was from, because if you're listening to this, I would assume that you already knew which legendary horror character he was famous for playing. He, of course, is famous for Freddy Krueger, His character here in The Mangler is interesting because he's wearing a lot of facial prosthetics. Similar to Freddy Krueger, it's very easy to spot that this is Robert England. Robert England seems to be having a ball in this film. I think he's really enjoying the terrible character of laundromat owner Bill Gartley. I call it a laundromat. I guess you could just call it an industrial launder facility. But that's the odd thing about this movie, is that Robert England seems to be the only one that's actually having any fun. The rest of the characters in the film don't seem to really be enjoying themselves here. Ted Levine, as we know, is actually a good actor, but his acting is somewhat on the bad side. I don't know if that's how he chose to portray it, or if it was bad direction from Toby Hooper, I'm not quite sure. The Mangler, to be honest, is a batshit crazy film that I have no idea how and why they decided to make this. It even has weird tonal shifts throughout. We don't know if we should 
be taking this seriously, if we should be laughing at a lot of the stuff that's happening. It just has a very weird feel about it. If movies like Misery are cut to like perfection as far as the way that they're done, this one here is kind of a mess. The even more shocking thing is, is that this went to theaters. It feels through and through like a direct-to-video film. Given the insane plot of this film, it seems like it would be ripe for B-movie horror cheese. We get a little bit of that, but we don't get it to where it goes full into it to where us as the audience, the viewers, that we're actually having fun here. The movie could have been a blast. Unfortunately, it's not. I remember seeing The Mangler when I was a kid. It was one of those films that was a Stephen King movie, and I saw it at my local blockbuster. My mom kind of sighed and said, really, you want to watch a movie called The Mangler? And I justified it by saying, it's a story by Stephen King. Well, sure it is, but it's not a very good movie. It's a movie that, strangely enough, I had a little bit of fun with it, but it could have been a much better time had the movie really felt like what it wanted to be. We never got that feeling that it wanted to be that over-the-top B-movie cheese, even though we get some of that. There's some very gory moments in the movie. I think that's one of the things that kind of makes it a little bit interesting. The fact that we see a little bit of the aftermath of what happens to the people after this demon laundry machine goes and eats them up <laughs> or folds them up. We're even treated to bad CGI with the laundry machine going and uprooting itself and chasing our hero. It really does have to be seen to be believed. I mean, you even get a icebox, which I don't even know who in the world would use an icebox nowadays. But there is a possessed icebox that wound up killing a kid who got locked inside of it. This movie has a lot of stuff going on. It's not really the best of movies. In the right mindset, you might be able to have fun with it. It is kind of a fun movie, but it just misses the mark because of those tonal shifts. Director Toby Hooper hasn't had a fantastic career. He did make one of the most notorious and well-known horror films of all time, and that's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He could never follow up to his own success with that, even though he's the credited director on Poltergeist. Poltergeist, as we know, is more or less a movie that was ghost-directed by Steven Spielberg. It feels like Spielberg the whole way through. I feel like Toby Hooper never got a fair shake on projects that he was involved with. He was never able to follow up that success of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which was one of his earliest projects. There's even a tacked-on story here as far as the whole town gave something into that machine so that they could have great success, more or less signing their soul over to the devil. These people in the town that are the rich and powerful that had this great success wound up sacrificing their 16-year-old daughter. That is a plot that feels way out there and I don't know if it necessarily fit. But at least we had motives for why everything is going on, why this stuff is happening. I did read the original story back in the day. I don't recall any of this actually occurring in the book other than them saying about the accidents and the sacrifices to the machine 
I have to say the overall look of the movie looks like a New Line Cinema production, which this is. It just has that mid-90s New Line Cinema feel. I don't know how to describe it, but it really does feel like it shares a universe with the far superior John Carpenter film in the Mouth of Madness. Not so much concept-wise or anything like that, but just by the way things look, like the hospital and such. It gave me that sort of feel, but of course one movie is great, where the other, The Mangler, is not so great. Strangely enough, The Mangler has spawned two sequels, so this must have been a success in home video, because I did read up on this movie, the theaters it was in, it flopped badly. The first time I saw this movie was in a blockbuster, as I stated earlier. So it must have shared some sort of big success that we had those two other follow-ups. I did see pieces of the Mangler Reborn, which is the third one. It's not a good movie at all, but at least it seems to know that it's a B-movie through and through and didn't try to elevate the material into something that it wasn't. I feel that's the biggest hindrance here is for one the bad acting and for another the fact that it really couldn't decide on what it wanted to be. We could have gotten an all out blast like Maximum Overdrive, but instead we get a movie that begs us to take it seriously. It sadly just didn't work for me. It's worth a watch just to see how insane this movie can be. but. As far as a movie that will be looked fondly on as far as Stephen King adaptations, this is definitely one that will not be. I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you need to catch up on some past episodes, maybe even past years of 31 Nights of Frights, you can do so at AdamAnalyzes.com. If you don't do the whole social media thing and would like to reach out to me, you can do so at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying 31 Nights of Frights, or if you enjoy Adam Analyzes, why not tell a friend about it? Tell two friends for that matter. Or if you have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners as well as create new content. Plus, I simply love those digital hugs. With that being said, remember, be kind and good night. I'll see you tomorrow for night number five.